Our pastor is not here today. He's down in the big state of Texas holding a revival. And uh, in his place today, we have Brother Matt Wilkins, who's a traveling evangelist. And we will be hearing from him very shortly. We're looking forward to that. Brother Matt Wilkins is here to preach for us today. And so, Matt, would you please come and share God's Word with us? Well, do you love Jesus? Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad to be here instead of down at the county jail? Amen. But anyway, Paul, Stephanie, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job. Choir, awesome, awesome job. And Fred, you did a good job too. Amen. He, He did a good job. If you will, take God's Word this morning. And finally, if you will, the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. It's an honor and a privilege to get to be with you all. Pastor Jeff called me several months, well, a few months back and asked me if I could come and, uh, and be here in his stead. And, and I said, well, absolutely. I, I actually am not uh, out of town yet uh, for Thanksgiving or anything like that. And uh, I said, I would, I would love and be honored to come and to, uh, to preach for you all and to, to be with you all. I look forward to seeing you. And he said, well, I won't be there. I said, you won't be there. I said, uh, he said, no, 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 I'll be in revival meeting uh, down in Texas. I said, okay, I understood completely. I, I know what that's like as an evangelist myself. I, I know what it's like to be on the road. I tell people all the time that my theme song is uh, from that great theologian, Willie Nelson, on the road again. And uh, so I, I am uh, in about 38 different churches a year in different revival meetings, men's conferences, student events, and uh, different things like that all the time. And so whenever that I get to actually be close to home and preach, my wife applauds that, loves that. And I like it too because I get to uh, be in my own bed and I get to sleep right there in the same house with my daughter and my wife. But uh, it is a joy and an honor and a privilege to be here with you all. But uh, I've got work to do, okay? I've got a lot of work to do and uh, I promise you I have more content to give you than your seat can endure. So uh, I better I better get to work uh, right now. Let's pray. Father, we honor you and we love you. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would take this time, that you would make us more like yourself for being here in this place. Lord Jesus, I pray that you draw us up close to yourself, convict us of sin. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring brokenness into our lives. Lord, I pray that you would... Lord, just pull the scales back from our eyes. Make us think more of you than we think of ourselves. And Lord Jesus, if there is one here today that does not know Jesus, I pray that uh, they would come to know you in this place today. For it's in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. In all of my traveling in uh, different churches and different contexts and different settings, I uh, am in and out of different places all kinds of, of different churches and events. So what I've noticed is that I see lots of different things. I see lots of different things that go on in different places. I see lots of different trends. I see lots of different styles. I see lots of different stuff, John, that's going on in the church, if you will. But I've noticed by and large that it, if, if I could just put my finger on the pulse rate, I guess that I would say that there are two things that I see going on in the church today that is very troubling. I see a couple of things, that couple of dynamics, I guess you would say, that are missing by and large in many, many places. They're missing by and large amongst God's people. The first thing that I notice and that I see that is missing The first thing that I see that is negated and it's a factor that is very, very much needed and is that of compassion. Compassion. The truth of the matter is, is it seems that we have a tendency to hold it to ourselves. It seems that we we have this tendency in the church that we think to ourselves that it's kind of like we 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 hitch up what we hitch up into a holy huddle and we'll hold hands and we'll look inward if you will and and, and we have this tendency that we we, we well we we kind of think to ourselves well somebody else will take care of that somebody else will see to that somebody else will help them. Somebody else will love them. Somebody else will share the gospel with them. Somebody else will meet that need. Somebody else will do that. 
The other thing that I notice that is missing and that is often negated, and it flows from the reason that we are lacking compassion in the church, the reason the church by and large is lacking compassion is because of the following thing that is missing. And is that of humility. The truth of the matter is, as many people who claim to know Christ think they're a little better than other people. The truth of the matter is, is that there are people who claim to know Christ and we have gotten over getting saved. We have forgotten what God has saved us from. A not humble person, someone who is not humble, is full of pride. Someone who is full of pride is not a thankful person. We are people that are not grateful people. I, I'll be honest with you. One of my favorite places to eat is the Christian McDonald's. Do you know what the Christian McDonald's is? It's Chick-fil-A. Anybody else ever been there? It's the Christian McDonald's. And have you ever noticed when you go to Chick-fil-A, have you ever noticed that when you look at them and you say to them, have you, have you ever noticed this? And John, and you say to them, thank you. Do you know what the response always is? My pleasure. You know what I've often wondered to myself? Do you really mean that? Do you mean that? And the truth of the matter is, is although they are saying that, I'm sure that there are times when, Fred, some people do say that. They're just saying it out of habit. But the truth of the matter is this, is the Kathy family, the Chick-fil-A Foundation, they are teaching their employees gratitude. They are teaching them to be grateful. They, they are teaching them to express to those who are thankful to them. No, it's we're grateful. We're grateful because you come here, I have a job. We're grateful because you come here that we, that, that we are able to serve you and to help you and even in a bigger way minister to you. I want to show you from the Word of God today, I want to take us to a very familiar story. And it shows us from this passage of Scripture the need for compassion and the need for humility. Vance Abner used to say this, he said, he made this statement, he said, We have gotten used to the dark. The truth of the matter is, is we have. Be careful, are you listening to me? Be careful as a follower of Christ. Be careful that in the in and out, everyday, normal things of life, that it doesn't blind you to the things God is doing in your life. Be careful that you don't allow that the normal things of life, the normal things of in and out of everyday living, in order for it to blind you to the things that God has saved you from, the things that God has called you to, the things that God has called you to be. You come to this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to kind of set it up for us. I'm, I'm going to show you, I'm going to explain, give the explanation of the text. I'm going to give the exegesis of the text, and then I'm going to give the application of the text. And so as I'm reading this, I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to look, we're going to look at it and you're going to see some things probably that you've never noticed before in the text. Jesus is the master teacher. Wouldn't you agree with that? Jesus is the master teacher. Jesus is the greatest teacher that there ever has been. And so Jesus is here and he is teaching probably to, to a multitude of people, possibly a great number of people. But here is Jesus. He's teaching. And he finds it, we find him teaching and he's teaching these people, but always in every context that Jesus ever taught, it wasn't just believers that are following him. It's not just people that, that trust him. It's not just people that, that believe in him. It's not just people that see him as the Christos, the Messiah. No, there are people there that they are there to, to, to just trip him up. There are people there and they, they want to see him stumble. There are people there and men, they really, men, they are really after him. They, they want to know about this guy and they don't know if they, he's really who he says he is. He, they don't know if he's really authentic. And Jesus is teaching on this day and there the Word of God says, we find ourselves in verse 25 and the Word of God says, and behold, while Jesus is teaching, a certain lawyer, a specific lawyer stood up 
Now we've got to push the pause button immediately because when I say lawyer, you know what you think. I know what you think. I know what I think. I'm thinking the guy who is going to represent somebody in a civil matter or a criminal matter, right? Well, that's not what we're talking about here. Now, in this context, when Jesus is speaking, He's speaking to this group of people. He would have been seated. There have been people seated all around Him. And Jesus is talking. Jesus is sharing with them the truths of the kingdom of God. And here He is teaching them, applying the truths to their lives. And whenever He's teaching, there's this guy who's seated in the crowd on this day. And He, the Word of God says, He's a lawyer. That would have meant this. He, he, in their context, He would have been the guy who has is teaching down at the Bible college. You put him in our context, he would have been the seminary professor. He would have been the guy who has authored the textbooks that the seminary students are reading. He is the guy that everybody else followed after. He, he is that guy. That's the context here. He's seated in the crowd. He, he knows the law in and out. He taught the preacher boys, if you will. He's the one that's training up the priests. He's the one that's training up the Levites in the, in the ways of the law, in the ways of the Tanakh, in the ways of the Talmud. He's interpreting to them the law. He's teaching them how to go out and minister and to, to love on people and to share this glorious news of the coming Messiah to the world. And the Word of God says, while Jesus is teaching, that this guy, the guy with the PhD, the guy who's the teacher of the preacher boys, he stands up. To stand up, to us, you know, we think to ourselves, well, you just stand up, maybe you have to go to the restroom. You stand up, maybe maybe a diaper needs to be changed. You stand up and, and you're trying to stretch your legs, maybe because somebody's been speaking so long. I promise I'll try not to be long and boring, amen. But this is not what's happening here. When he stands up, by standing up, he is saying this. I take issue, Jesus, with what you say. Bill, he's saying in essence, I don't agree with you. You're wrong. I, I've got something to say. I want to speak to that. Can you imagine standing up and challenging the Son of God? Can you imagine standing up and challenging the very God of the universe? Can you imagine that? And the text says that he stands up to put him, Jesus, to the test. And he says to him, teacher, rabbi, what shall I do? What can I do? What am I able to do to inherit eternal life? What can I do? What shall I do? What is it that I am able to do to go to heaven? What can I do? What shall I, I do? Did you notice that? What shall I do? And the answer is absolutely nothing. There's nothing you can do. There is nothing I can do, can we? To forgive our sins. There is nothing you can do or I can do to save ourselves. We do not do salvation. We do not forgive our sins. We do not deserve grace. Amen? But he's asking him. He's hemming Jesus in a corner, Fred. He's, he's backing him up. He's pressing on him. But Jesus is the greatest teacher there ever is. Jesus knows his heart. Jesus is the God of the universe. And Jesus looks at him and knows who this guy is. And he says to him, what's written in the law? How do you read it? How do you interpret it? How do you understand it? Time out. Give me your eyes. Give me your ears. This is so cool. This is how cool this is. I understand this. Do you, do you get this? The one who's the teacher of the law. The one who's written the commentaries on the law. The one, Stephanie, who is teaching the preacher boys down at the seminary in the, in the temple how to interpret the law. He looks at Jesus and he says, what can I do to go to heaven? And Jesus answers him and he says... How do you interpret the law? And he's the one that gave the law. He's the one that spoke the law. He's the one that did that. Can you imagine the one who spoke the law, the one who knows everything there is behind the law, he's asking the teacher, what's your interpretation of it? 
He's a great Jew. He's a good Jew. And he looks at him. Man, it's just puffed up. You know, you get puffed up. You ever, you ever ask the question and you know the answer to the question and you're just kind of baiting somebody to ask, you know, kind of, kind of baiting them. He's baiting Jesus is exactly what he's doing. And he baits him and man, he's just like, yes, he asked me. Now I can put him in his place. And he says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your spirit, all your strength. And he goes a step further and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, go do that. Go do that. In other words, if it's possible within you to love God in and of yourself with all your heart, mind, soul, spirit, strength, with every ounce of fiber of your emotion, every ounce and fiber of your physical body, with every ounce and fiber of every, of all your psyche, with every ounce of all your being. If you can love Him and you can love people, then you go do that. But my friend, understand this. We, I can. Matt Wilkins can never. Matt Wilkins never could love God with all of his heart, his mind, his soul, his spirit, his strength until he met Jesus. And I didn't know truly how to love love people until I knew the love of Jesus. And if this guy, if this guy, if this had had its rightful effect on this guy, do you know what would have happened in his life? We would have found him, Fred. You know where we would have found him? We would have found him at the feet of Jesus instead of standing, rebuking Jesus. And the Word of God says this. Did you notice what the text says? And the Word of God says, And he, wanting to justify himself, looked at Jesus and said, Who's my neighbor? He could not leave it alone, could he? There was no compassion. There's no change in him. There's no humility in him. It's all pride. Because he wants to justify himself. He wants everybody to know. He, are you listening to me? He wants everybody to know. I, I, I know the answers. He wants everybody to know. I, I'm, I'm the one that's put Jesus in his place. He wants everybody to know. He wants everybody to see this about him. You ever met somebody that likes to talk a lot about themselves? You, you ever met a person that, that they, they're right and they want everybody to know that they're right? You, you ever, you ever, you ever, I know none of you have never met anybody like that, and, you know, but, but, but that, that's what's going on here. He wants everybody to know what's going on. He wants everybody to know that he's right, John. And, and the word of God says this, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus is the master teacher. Jesus is the greatest teacher there ever was. The greatest preacher there ever was. The greatest preacher there ever will be. The greatest teacher there ever will be. And Jesus has been kind. Jesus has set back. But now, John, the gloves come off. And Paul, he looks at him and he says, let me tell you a story. Are you listening? It's getting ready to get really gooder, okay? It's getting ready to get gooder and gooder. Now, now I know that's not good English, but it's good preaching, so I said it anyway. So n- notice what notice what the text says. Jesus said, and there was a man. He's taking his gloves off. There was a man. And he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst thieves and robbers. And they stripped him, and they beat him, And they departed from him and they left him half dead lying on the side of the road. Notice, remember who he's talking to. Who is he talking to? He's talking to who? The lawyer. There are other people there too, aren't there? There are other people that are listening in now. Jesus was teaching them. The lawyer interrupts him, tries to put Jesus in his place. And now Jesus is talking to him and everybody else is listening in to him teach this man. And notice he says this. Remember who he was? He's the guy. He's the lawyer. He's the guy that has the PhD. He's the guy that teaches the people down at the temple. He's the guy that's training up the the future priests and the future Levites. And he says to him, he says, and there was by chance, verse 31, a priest. A priest was going down 
that road. One of your preacher boys, one of your guys that you've been training up, one of your guys that you've been teaching God them how to love their God with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their spirit, all their strength, and their neighbor as themselves. Remember that? He came by to him, and when he came by, he saw him, and he underlined this, he saw him and he passed by on the other side. That's some good teaching that he's doing, isn't it? Fred, it's some good teaching. And he said, not, not only that, he said, but, but, but get this, he said, so likewise that there was a Levite, another one of your preacher boys, another one of the boys that you've been teaching how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your spirit, all your strength, and their neighbor as himself. He also came, underlined it, and when he saw him, he passed by. On the other side. But a Samaritan. You, you know about Samaritans. We, we, we know about Samaritans. You know how the culture, how the Jews viewed Samaritans. They viewed them as half-breeds. They viewed them as less than human. They viewed them as people, individuals who could not know God. They were individuals who could not worship God. They could not serve God. They, they could know nothing of the things of God because they were less than human. But there's this guy, not one of your preacher boys, not one of the guys that you've been teaching down there at the temple seminary, not, not somebody who's read your commentaries. The Word of God says this. Notice Jesus, the master teacher, says that a Samaritan was, as he journeyed, he's on a journey, he's on a trip, he came to where he was. Underlined. And when he saw him, verse 33 says, what, what happened? When he saw him, he had what on him? He had compassion. He had compassion on him. But he didn't just feel sorry for him, did he? No. The Word of God says in verse, verse 34, Jesus says, and he went to him. And when he went to him, not only did he go to him, he bound up his wounds and he poured on oil and wine, the only medicine that he had at that time. Then he set him on his own animal and he brought him to an inn and he took care of him. In other words, this he didn't just think about how bad that guy was in that position. He looked at this guy and he sees his need. He is brokenhearted for him and he humbles himself. And the next morning, the next day, Jesus says. Verse 35, he took out two denarii. That's two days paychecks that he would have been given for some type of work. And he took it to the innkeeper and he said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay it when I come back. In other words... You know I travel through here. You know I'm a, I, I, you know I'm on business a lot through here, probably. And 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 whenever you know my, I have integrity. I have in, I have character. I stay here. I'm I'm giving you this money and whatever medicine he needs, you get it. What whatever kind of doctor you can get, get the best there is, you get it. Don't spare any expense and anything else you need. Any time he needs to stay here, whatever food he eats, you get it for him. And I'll come back and anything that you've spent. I'll pay for it. Because I'm good for it. And Jesus looked at the one trying to justify himself. Jesus looks at the one who's the teacher of the priests and the Levites. The one who looks down on the Samaritans and says they're less than human. They can't even know God. They can't love God. They can't know Him. They can't even love people. And he looks at him and he says, you tell me which of the three were neighbor to the one who fell amongst thieves. You ever had to eat crow? Anybody ever had to eat crow in here? I guess, I guess I'm just the only one. There's a couple of us. Thank you. You know what I mean? But, but you know, you've had, I've had to eat crow before. Shoe leather don't taste very good. You, you ever found that out? You know, shoe leather just does not taste very good. And he is pulling his foot out of his stomach. And notice this. Can you imagine? I can just hear him. I can just, I can just kind of hear him. Can you just imagine this? Here's this guy, and he must have been trying to, you know, just, 
brewing. Brewing now. Man, I'm just saying, he just, he's madder than a hornet, you know. I mean, here he is, and, and, and he looks at him and he says, you tell me, who was the neighbor to the one who fell amongst the robbers, the thieves? You ever had somebody ask them a question? And, and I've answered people like this, Fred. When, you know, my mama, she would, she would get on to me and she'd say, you tell me, tell me what you're thinking, boy. T- t- tell me, you, you're, you're standing there. What'd you say? How'd you, what, what, what was that tone of voice you just used with me? My mama said that to me a whole bunch, by the way, when I was little. I'm third generation Baptist preacher. But I want you to know something. I think my mama was Pentecostal. <laughs> she believed in healings. She did. She bent me over and healed me a whole bunch. You know, you know what I mean? I just, I tell you, I, I had to have a bunch of healings growing up. Can I get a witness in here? No, don't, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. He just got healing. He just got spanked. I can just kind of see him. Man, I can just kind of see him kind of wagging his head and kind of talking through his teeth. You tell me who is the one. You tell me who is the one who was the neighbor to the one who fell amongst these. Talk up where all of us can hear you. He says, the one... Who showed him mercy. The one who humbled himself and had compassion on him. And notice what Jesus said. What did Jesus say to him? Then you go. And you do the same. You go. And you live that way. Why is it that Matt Wilkins. Why is it that I so often. Why is it that we so often. Harbor up compassion. Why is it that we are so, we, we, we will not humble ourselves and extend compassion and grace and love on people and care for people? Why is it that we will not do that? Well, sometimes I like to use my sanctified imagination and I think to myself, well, well, you know, maybe kind of like the priests and the Levites, those of us who know Christ, maybe we think to ourselves, you know what, if I do that, if, if I, if I do that, I might, I might be compromising. I might be compromising. Sometimes maybe we think to ourselves, well, you know what, you know, if if I truly, if I do that, if I go down there and I and I humble myself and I extend compassion to them, I don't really know what they're after. I don't know their motive. So I shouldn't. Maybe I should just let somebody else take care of that. But, but in all honesty, to be, be to be just as transparent as I can be, I think to myself, maybe really the reason that, that, I, that I don't humble myself, maybe really the reason that I don't live a life of gratitude and, and extend compassion to others is maybe, maybe you and I, maybe we think to ourselves, maybe they were thinking, maybe the priest and the Levite were really thinking, you know what, I'm headed down there to the, to the, to the temple and there's nobody here to recognize me. Nobody will pat me on the back for doing that when nobody else from the temple is around. And you know, if, if I go down there and do that, it won't let me climb the scale of the temple society. And if I go down there and I do that, you know, it, look at the expense of that. Look, look, look at what happened to the, to this guy. Look at, look at how much it cost him. It cost him a lot of time. It cost him a lot of energy. It cost him a lot of effort. It cost him some money. I won't get my time back. I won't get my effort back. I won't get my energy back. I may not get my money back. I just just can't live like that. Maybe they were thinking, Fred. Maybe they thought to themselves, if I help that guy, if I help that guy, then look at at the way he's dressed. He's half naked. Oh my goodness. We don't let people like that in our temple. You're going to dress better than that to come to our temple. We, we don't let people like that in here. And by the way, he's a mess, and he's filthy, and he's naked, and he's bloody, and he smells. We, we, 
get myself dirty. What will people think about me? Oh my goodness, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of effort. I, don't, I, just, I just don't have that in me to live like that. But then somebody else comes along. That nobody else that doesn't even we don't even think anything of them. That they're they're less than they're less than a God follower. That they can't even know God. And he comes along and he he humbles himself and he extends compassion and grace and mercy to this poor, dirty, broken, naked, hurting man. Yeah, but, I, but I, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody that I can help. You know, because I don't want to help people that are just dirty. I don't want to help people that are broken. I, 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 don't, I don't want to help people that, that, that are like that. My friend, listen to me. Jesus came for one kind of person only. Dirty, broken, hurting people. Dirty, broken, hurting people. People, people dirty because of sin. That's me. People broken because of sin. That's me. People hurting because of sin. That's me. Is there anybody else here like that? That's all of us. We're dirty, broken, hurting people that only Jesus can cleanse. We're dirty, broken, hurting people that only Jesus can put back together. We're dirty, broken, hurting people that only Jesus can heal. Do you know what I've discovered is Jesus specializes in taking broken things and putting them back together better than they ever were. Better than they ever thought they could be. Better than they ever thought it would be before they came to know Him. Let me apply this to us. I've got to hurry. Can y'all listen a little bit faster? Can, can somebody shake their head? Listen a little bit faster because I'm starting to get really hungry, okay? I'm really starting to get hungry. I know I look like it, but you, you know, uh, let, me, let, me, let me show you something about that. See, you did laugh at that, didn't you? What are you trying to say about me? Anyway, let me show you something. Let, let's apply the text to us. I want you to understand something. Compassion and humility begin in the heart and mind of God. Did you hear that? Compassion and humility begin in the heart and mind of God. How long has it been, my dear friend? How long has it been since you thought about the great links God has gone to to save you? How long has it been since you thought about the great effort God went into to forgive your sins? How long has it been since you humbled yourself before a holy God and just said, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy toward me in that I don't deserve it, but I am so thankful for it. You all started a study last week, didn't you, in the book of of Philippians? Jeff and I, Pastor Jeff and I were talking about that very thing. And you know, I see no greater passage in the entire canon of Scripture than in Philippians chapter 2. And we see the very humility of Christ. The Word of God says this. It says that Jesus Himself stepped out of eternity and He stepped into time. And He robed Himself in flesh and He dwelt among us for the sole purpose of not teaching great teachings, though He did. Not performing great miracles, though He did. Not talking to people, not walking around with people, not 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 teaching to hundreds and thousands of people, though He did do all that stuff. Not to walk on water, not, not to raise the dead, but He He did all that, but for the sole purpose of humbling Himself to die on a cross. Oh, the humility of our great and glorious Savior. His humility should move us to humility. His compassion should move us to compassion. What He is, it should be. He is our model. He is our mediator. He is our mentor. He is our example. And we are to see Him. And we should flesh out lives of gratitude, lives of humility that are focused on His glory, focused on His gospel, focused on encouraging and helping and extending the grace and mercy and gospel of God. 
God that's been so graciously extended to us. When you experience the compassion of God, when you see the humility of our great Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it can do nothing but produce a great attitude of worship and gratitude and thanksgiving, saying, Lord Jesus, thank you. It's not a one-time-a-year thing. It's not a once-in-a-while thing. When you've experienced grace, you can do nothing but be humble. You can do nothing but be thankful. Because it is not anything that Matt Wilkins deserves. It's not anything that I could buy for myself. It's not anything I would even think of doing for myself. Because without Him, I think I'm okay. We think we're okay. We think we're good enough. And we want to shelter ourselves. And we want to keep it all into ourselves. But the truth of the matter is, when you've experienced grace, it humbles you. It causes you. It wells up inside of you. And you're so grateful for what He has done for you that you want other people to experience that as well. I, I, I didn't... I didn't mean to get all excited this morning, but uh, you know what? When you, I guess when God saved me, He gave me a case of the can't help it. I can't help but to love Him. I can't help to be thankful about it. I can't help but to want to tell other people to try to know Him. I can't help but want to make much of my great and glorious Savior Jesus. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. And I'm one of His youngins. And if you know Jesus as your Savior too, you're my sister, you're my brother. We are His youngins that He has redeemed and saved and done so much for. Isn't it glorious to know Jesus? Why would He humble Himself? Why would He extend compassion and grace and mercy to us? Oh, Fred, it's because He knew there was no other way. Oh, it's because He knew that if He did not make and take the initiative that we would spend eternity apart from Him because we're not good enough. We cannot do it for ourselves. We would really go to a real place called hell because He knew that only the blood of His Son, Jesus, forgives sins, cleanses sins. Oh, what great humility. What great compassion. Thank you, Jesus, this morning from this place in Rocky Mount, Virginia, for your great love and mercy and compassion toward us. And that while we were still sinners, you died for us. He's so worthy. Number two, not only does compassion and humility begin in the heart and mind of God. I want you to hear me. Are you listening? Compassion and humility are an assignment given to all of us who've experienced grace. Compassion and humility are an assignment given to all of us who've experienced grace. Do you know what I've discovered about pride in my own life? My life is fertile soil. At all times for pride. My life is fertile soil, Fred, at all times for pride. And whenever that I choose to walk in pride and choose not to walk in humility and giving thanks to a holy God, it is cosmic plagiarism. It is cosmic plagiarism thinking that I, that I deserve, thinking that I have done, thinking that I, that, that somehow that, that, that worship, that worth, that value that is deserving to go toward Him, that it should come toward me. It's an assignment given to all of us. I don't pick, I can't pick and choose, therefore, who to extend it to. If it's, if it's Hurricane Sandy victims in New York and Long Island like John and the team are going to in just a few weeks, what can I do? I may not be able to go, but there's a yellow sheet in your bulletin that I just read over right here just a moment ago of, of stuff. 
that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ too. Although you physically are not there, you can give it to John and the team. And man, they're going to go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the crucified, buried, risen Son of God who's redeemed them and you and I and saved us. And He's going to take that and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and love on these people and serve these people. Why? Because Jesus did that for us. You mean Jesus brought us hand sanitizer? No. He gave you His blood. He gave you forgiveness of sins. He's he's shown you compassion and mercy and offers you grace by what He did for us on the cross. And it's even those little mundane, nothing-looking things that we take, that Matt Wilkins takes for granted every single day, that even God can take those and use them to advance His kingdom, bring glory to Himself, and offer the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone through that. What can we do? How can we do it? We do it with the opportunities presented to us. We do it in the ways that are, are given to us. You see, we are to love on people and hum, and not, you will not love on people and extend compassion to people. Matt Wilkins will not love people and extend compassion to people until Matt Wilkins humbles himself. None of us will, will we? None of us do. None of us truly extend the love of God and the mercy of God and exhibit the compassion of Christ without first humbling ourselves. You say, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I did this. Well, good. You, you did that, but do you know what I've discovered? It's just like Fred said just a moment ago. We give. As he was praying, and I was just like, Lord, yes, yes, me, please, me, Lord, me, Lord. We, we give. We serve. We do out of a heart that is turned to Him. Out of a heart of mercy, out of a heart of compassion, out of a heart of humility, not to get our name on some board somewhere, not to hear the accolades and praise of somebody else, not for somebody to pat us on the back. Listen, you know what I've discovered? I've read somewhere in the Word of God, didn't you, that Jesus said, when you get your praise here, you don't get it there. You get your reward here on this earth. It doesn't happen there. John, I look forward to that kind of reward. Amen. I look forward to that kind of reward, standing before Jesus and hearing Him. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. Well done, my faithful servant. Listen, friend. Compassion is not an option. People are dirty, broken, and hurting, just like Matt Wilkins was dirty, broken, and hurting, just like people need the gospel. People need to see Jesus. And the greatest example of Christ to them is when we humble ourselves before them and love on them like Jesus and extend in love and grace and mercy and compassion to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. One final thing and I'm done. Because my stomach is growling up here. Finally this. Compassion and humility is a call to action. Do you remember what Jesus said right here? Look what Jesus said. Pay close attention to what Jesus said. After after the priest, after the Levite has passed by. And Jesus says this. He says that there was a Samaritan... Verse 33. And he was on a journey and he came to where he was. The man lying in the ditch, naked, broken, dirty, hurting, dying. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And the only thing he could do, the only way he could do the next thing is this. He had to humble himself, didn't he? And he got off of his animal and he got down where he was and he bound up his wounds. And he poured in what he had. Matt, but I don't have anything. Do with what you have. But Matt, I don't know how to love the way you can. Do, with, do, it, do it with what you have. It's not what you have. It's the heart with which you do with what you have. 
And he picked him up and he put him on his own animal and he carried him back to an inn and he took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and he gave it to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. You know what Jesus did for us? He did exactly that. Do you know what we must do? Somebody, we as followers of Christ, somebody has to be willing to get down where they are who don't know Christ. Somebody has to be willing to go to them, those who don't know Christ. Somebody has to be willing to take the time and energy and effort to share the love of Christ. Aren't you glad Jesus, although everybody said He wasn't the Son of God, Although he was maligned, although he was maliciously attacked, although he was falsely accused, although they tried to throw rocks at him, although they tried to throw him, push him off cliffs, although they called him a blasphemer, although they called him even more terrible, worse names than that. He stepped out of eternity and into time and came to where we are. Because he saw us in our broken, naked Bleeding, dying, hell-bound state. And he humbled himself to the form of a slave, Philippians 2 says. Even more than that, I would say he humbled himself to the form and became a man. How? Why? To extend compassion to us. To show us compassion. To offer us grace and mercy. And do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And do you know what he did? He paid for us. He paid for us with his blood. He paid for us. And He is carrying us, those of us who have trusted Christ and will trust Christ. He takes us to our heavenly daddy, His daddy, the innkeeper, and says, I'm good for it. Aren't you glad Jesus is good for it? Aren't you thankful for the compassion and mercy and grace and humility of our great Lord and Redeemer and Savior, Jesus Christ. How long has it been since we thought of these things and these truths and in just humble adoration and worship and thanksgiving said, Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who is it this week, in this time of this year, that you can extend the compassion of Christ to? Who is it that in this week, in this time of the year, this season, these holiday seasons of, of, of Thanksgiving and this Christmas time and this New Year's time as we enter into them, that you can worship Jesus on a daily basis and you can say, Lord Jesus, may I extend the grace and mercy and compassion towards someone by giving them the gospel that is so richly freed and set me free. It will not happen without humility. And it will not happen without seeing how gracious He's been to all of us. Here's the invitation this morning. I invite you this morning to worship Jesus. Did you hear what I said? I invite you this morning to maybe come to an old-fashioned altar. And just kneel before Him. But I can't kneel. Just stand before Him and say, Jesus, thank You for saving me. Thank You 
for dying for me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your example to me. Thank you, Jesus. But today you're here and you don't know Jesus. You've never experienced His compassion. You've never experienced His grace. You've never experienced His mercy. I invite you this morning to humble yourself. And admit and confess to Him that you are a sinner. And repent. And ask Him to forgive your sins and save you. And He will. He will. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we honor you and we worship you and we adore you. And God, I am so thankful to know you. And Lord, I am unworthy, but I am grateful. Lord Jesus, may we, may we be moved by your compassion. May we, Lord Jesus, May we humble ourselves on this day. God, may I not just humble myself today. Lord, help me to walk with you daily. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room as our pianist begins to play very softly. Fred's going to begin to, he's going to lead us in a verse or two of invitation in just a moment. But I wonder about you today. You're here today as our pianist begins to play softly. You say, Matt, I've got a need today. I've got a need today, and you know, I can't do anything about it. Nobody else knows anything about it. Maybe other people do know something about it. Matt, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just put your hand up? Matt, I've got a need today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Matt, God put his finger on something in my heart today. God put his finger on something in my heart today. Matt, you pray for me. Pray, pray, Matt, because I, I want to obey God in that thing, with that thing, about that thing he put his finger on in my life today. Would you pray for me, Matt? I sure will. If there's anybody like that, would you just put your hand in the air? Matt, God put his finger on my heart today. Anybody like that? Thank you. Thank you. That's me. Would you pray for me today? Would you pray for me today? Maybe you're here today, you don't know Jesus. You have no greater need than to know Jesus. I don't invite you to turn over a new leaf. I don't invite you to try and be a better person. I invite you to come to Jesus today. Won't you just humble yourself before a holy God today? Won't you do as we're going to sing in just a minute? Just, won't you just let Him come in? Won't you just invite Christ to forgive your sins and save you? He will do it. He will do it. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for your example. Lord, you have, you know people that are hurting. You know people that have needs. God, you've seen these hands. And you know, Lord, there, there are so many others that didn't even raise their hand. They're in the same boat, same position. Lord, I pray that you'd meet that need. You'd bring comfort and encouragement to them. Lord, there are people here. You put your finger on their heart today. Lord, I pray that you would help them, encourage them. Lord, I pray that they would obey. Or may I obey. Lord, do only what you can do now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand our feet all over the room. Fred, we're going to... You just... 321? Do you need to respond? I'm here to pray with you, for you. The altar's open. Do you need to come? Won't you come? Won't you come?